everybody! Welcome to the call-up for the post-race show with myself, Daniel Holloway, and my main man, my side dude, don't tell Becca, Gabe Lloyd. <laughs> it's our little secret. How you doing, Daniel? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? How was your weekend? Oh, it was great, man. Uh, high school mountain biking league season kicked off here in PA, and we were out in Pittsburgh area doing a whole lot of kids bike racing, and it was amazing. It's so cool to see a thousand kids riding their mountain bikes out there and loving every minute of it. So, yeah, your Instagram yeah, it was, looked great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We do this thing called the hot seat where the first race of the season is something called a rally. It's sort of like an enduro, but it's cross-country style, so you actually have to pedal. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so we get a lot of different kids coming through the hot seat as the times improve throughout the day. And we do that from sixth graders all the way through seniors in high school for boys and girls. And so I get to meet a lot of kids and they're super jazzed and it's just an amazing experience. So hats off to Mike Kuhn and the whole crew at the Pennsylvania interscholastic cycling league for putting on an amazing day that I just happen to be a part of. That's cool. So, yeah. I noticed you're no longer wearing shoes with laces. Is that an age thing? or? Oh, man. Do you see my boa shoes? <laughs> yeah, dude. So we had this fundraiser going on to support the trail networks in Pittsburgh, where if you bought a pair of shoes, all the proceeds uh, went right to the trail networks at Boys Park. And so I was the uh, first sale of the day. Oh. I got myself some Pearl Azumi boa shoes. Oh, Super nice. cool. <laughs> <laughs> right on yeah that's fun that's fun yeah no it's cool to watch your uh social media pop off with with all that um yeah well i'm a trendsetter yeah well yeah we'll see time will tell listen (laughs) you know i thought i was impersonating you i remember you rocking up to tulsa with about 12 pairs of shoes so zero had boa well now's your time (laughs) now's the time enter enter the boa (laughs) age my friend (laughs) <laughs> we'll see. I'll do some research. Okay. Um, yeah. See what's out there. See what's out there. Okay. What are we getting into? Uh, Momentum Indy. Momentum Indy. ACC wow. Stop 9. Yeah. Drama days here. Um, so, first up, a lot people like us. There. To, a lot of cover here. We're, we're just going to start with the results, and people like us to read the top. 10, Ten. remember? Yeah, do you, ha- you have those. I don't have them pulled up, so you hit it. I sure do. Taking the win for our women, Kendall Ryan for Legion of Los Angeles in second, Skylar Schneider in third, Marleas Garcia in fourth, Harriet Owen in fifth, Mariana Valadez from LA Sweat in sixth, Alexis Ryan in seventh, Caitlin Agnew in eighth, Andrea Sear, Hopetown Girl, and in ninth, Taylor Cook White, and in tenth, rounding it out is Olivia Reeve for Road Crew Coffee Racing. That's, a, that's cool. Cuck White, top 10. She hasn't popped one of those off all year. Or yeah. not often enough for me to be like not surprised. So that's cool for yeah get herself up in the top 10. Yeah, it's good to see maybe late season sort of switcheroo. I did see on um, Andrea's Sears socials that she had some busted up ribs or whatnot. And so the girls are trying to get her to the finish line as best they could. And I think Taylor was part of that. So good to see Taylor holding out there for the finish and getting herself in the top 10. Um, our picks were pretty good. I think we're learning some stuff, my man. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. We're, we're getting there. 
Do you want to start or you want me to start? I mean, uh, you start. You start. Uh, let's start with the winners then, because man, who did I have for the win? I Miss believe Ryan. Kendall. Kendall Ryan. Yes, thank you, Kendall, for making me look very smart <laughs> here on the old call up. I also had uh, Marleas in third. Ding, ding, ding. Two for two right there. Um, and in my outliers, I did have Skyler in there as well. And then in my fifth place, my pick for fifth was Mariana. Whoa. Did you hear what just happened there? <laughs> I picked first, third, and fifth on the money. Book me a ticket to Vegas, baby. I'm paying for daycare all year long on these picks. How are your picks? He could have a bit of a cut. Like, Paolo wasn't there, right? So that's like uh, the gimme. And then Caitlin was seventh. So she was thereabouts. Yeah, I I was happy for her. I had Marleas, who won the night before. Mm -hmm. So she did win a bike race that weekend. (laughs) That That weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Paolo, who wasn't there. Then I had Kendall, Harriet Owen, and then Agnew. So I got Owen correctly. Harriet. Yeah, four. Wow. Yeah. So you definitely, you got it. You won that one. Yes. <laughs> yes. My grin is massive right now in the podcast world. You just have to take my word for it. Um, no, I think that really a lot of what I've learned this year has helped me get there. Um, so <laughs> thank you for that tutelage. You're welcome. S- Senor Holloway. Um, I thought, it's hard to sort of ascertain the dynamic of the race through social media. Um, but it seemed to me like, you know, Legion Legion played it very well to, from what I could tell. They were very aggressive. They were sending riders off the front, but then allowing their riders who were in the field to just let everybody else do the work. Um, but then when it mattered on that last half lap, Alexis did an amazing job, just turned it on the afterburners for them. So, I don't know. That's sort of what I could see. What did you see? Anything? Um, yeah, it's for me. It was hard to decipher. Yeah, quite a bit. Other than like that. Yeah, again, with Alexis getting sixth, right? They clearly timed, and even Julian, you know, Aguila getting seventeenth, right? Like they played their cards really well, knowing that there's mm-hmm. four riders, the depth of each rider. Yeah, getting them off as far along as possible. Definitely. You know, threw me a loop for how I, you know, pitched it on pre-race that I definitely didn't think that that was was going to happen the way it did, and they they put it together. So good on them. Yeah, Kendall has a a nice uh, GoPro onboard video on her Instagram reels right now that sort of shows that last lap, and it's interesting just sort of watch that dynamic play out in that race, just for what we can see there. I'd love to see more of the race, frankly, but uh, from what I saw, they were nice and aggressive different different type of uh race for them overall what's up dove oh little doves going in to say he's gonna take a bath that's cool so (laughs) real life oh hey family Ah. uh overall i thought this race was pretty clean i think as well was there any drama in this race that we i sort of missed on the socials or was this a we were happy with this race. Yeah, nothing that I saw. No, no, I didn't get any any messages or questions alluding to 
any certain thing from the the yeah. women's race. Most of it all weekend happened in the men's 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 stuff had lots yeah. of stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of drama there. And before we close out on the women's, I just wanted to give a hats off to uh, to ButcherBox. Actually, um, it looked to me just looking at these results and from the socials, I could see that they were in fact trying to get like use Jillian as a lead out to help out with Caitlin and to just sort of see that like progress. And like we talked at the end of the last podcast about using that now to build towards 24 and to try to change up some team tactics to get themselves there. Maybe we saw that a little bit with Taylor and for Miami Knights, but you know, to actually see the reason I'm highlighting that is generally we see butcher box with their results really tight together. And yep. now we're seeing them separated, which to me means that they're working more for one person. So Hopefully that's the case. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You send me a message and we'll <laughs> learn from it. There we go. So winners? Uh, Who's your winners? Ooh, winners. Yeah. I I really liked Legion, uh, like Kendall, and with a relatively small squad and taking it. Um, raised eyebrows. My goodness. Okay. Let's hear it then. No, Who's I don't disagree. I don't disagree. All right. <laughs> yeah. No, no. They um, performed how they needed to perform. You know, to get the one-two, nonetheless. Especially, yeah. you know, it's the second race. There's a lot that you could find out or, you know, yada, yada, yada between the two. But so to put it together mm-hmm. with a four-rider squad, the way they did it on that type of course, yeah, hats off. Yeah, the re- the recorrection, readjustment from the prior night was really commendable. So yeah. hats off to them. Losers? <laughs> I love that sound you found there on that <laughs> old podcaster thing. Um, losers for me, it's kind of tough. Uh, I mean, I I guess Miami Knights, but Paolo wasn't even there. So that's pretty hard to uh, I know it's tough, man. It's like black I mean, and white. It's like Marleus. You win the day before, uh, you don't do it again. Oh, you fair. know, completely capable of winning in tricky sprints, you know, Et cetera, et cetera, right? So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Understood. Understood. I will learn that lesson right there. And, um, you, and your shout out was Butcher Box? Yeah, my shout out's Butcher Box. I'm sorry. Yeah. I forgot yep. about. Yeah. My shout out's Alexi Ramirez. She was aggressive from what I saw on the oh. um, socials and then pops off 13th, which I think is one of her better rides of the year. Yeah. So, notable mention. Hats off. Um, you know, end of the year. Awesome. So, good on you. Great. What do we got? We're now men's race. Men's race wasn't until wrong. today that we the socials started showing content. Woof. Yes, it was Nap Woof. City and momentum for the men's race. <laughs> Nap City. Oh, yes. My goodness. <laughs> How many people did we see sitting down? A lot. It seemed like uh, there was a lot of strange naps yeah. taking place. Why? You said you you speculated <laughs> that it was because of season fatigue or something to there within. Is that what we think is I, the situation? I mean, it could be. You're getting into you know deep August. And you're just getting to situations where, you know, it becomes dusk and hard to see and, you know, eight months of, you know, just being on the road and tired and you're just like, oh, this is like another bike race I'm here. And you're just like, 
You just turn your brain off for like a half second and you end up on the deck. Yeah. One of these videos. Uh, Miami Blazer real- guys? Was it Estevez? I sent you one. Overlapping yeah. the wheels? And yeah, just think- nap in there? Yeah, on Friday night? Yeah. That was from that course. It looked like Estevez yeah. from Blazers. Yeah. Which is like strange because he hasn't had the race days as a lot of these other guys. But again, you do take time off and you get into August and, you know, like you're just not as sharp. Because uh, it didn't look like somebody flicked crazy left to right or anything. Just simple checked out for enough time to get himself in that situation. I could be it's wrong that-, that it was Danny. So I apologize if it wasn't. Danny, but it was, I believe it's Blaze just guy. That kit's relatively hard to mess up. Yeah, it just, there's so many. This video just has so much. <laughs> highlight, highlight, highlight. <laughs> so many highlights, man. My goodness. And just jumping around here. Wow. Um, I just, I, I don't know. It's hard for us to say because we are spectators, not, although, whew, coming right up, you're going about to be a bike racer again. <laughs> yeah. So maybe you can get some insight for us on this nap time yeah i mean hopefully it's not me come next week but then we can yeah just kind of fast forward into the finish of the acc race like we're we're watching the instagram live and i and i asked you and i asked people at the race like relatively quickly after the finish was there a crash because we saw the head-on from the momentum indie insta and it was like bike racers and then a decent gap and then more bike racers. And I was like, that signs of a crash, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, cause it wasn't like, it was just like a rider bike length rider where it just like shattered. It was like kind of a small group and then a gap and then like the rest of the field. So I was like, there was a crash. And then we didn't see Corey in the finish. Um, you know who, you know, you would just assume that Corey should be in every sprint finish relatively. And so I didn't see him and maybe, like, he was notable. Um, and maybe, like, one other guy like just didn't, like, flash across the screen in that moment. So you're like, oh, who went down? Like, what happened? What transpired? And come to find out, today on the Instas, uh, ButcherBox kid laid her down. <laughs> um, not sure. We were on board with a Project Echelon guy, I believe. And Yeah. That's what I'm so seeing So it's like the here. ButcherBox... I can't fully tell if it's a combo of front wheel wash and pedal strike or pedal strike or just front wheel wash. Fully hard to tell, but he just fully wipes himself out. And we don't have any other footage that I saw or a rear cam to know how many other people he took out. But yeah, it's very hard. I'm trying to ascertain. I'm watching the video right now on William Harden's Instagram reel here. And I'm also just trying to cross-reference the results sheet just to try to understand who we are seeing where. Um, like, what? I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say. So let me let me but first you see, off. You see Jastrap is, I'm pretty sure, the butcher box guy in front of the butcher box guy that dumps it. Jastrap's the guy that dumps it? No. He's in front no. of said guy. Uh, I mean, is there a DNF list? I mean, the kid could have got up and finished, and he'd be at the. That's back. what I'm trying to but, figure out. Because Jastrow finished 18th, um, 
Well, let me first off, let's get into the let me do the top 10 real quick for these guys just yep. so people know what we're talking about. So, taking the win, these are going to be the f- official results versus what crossed the line results. Do you want me to do what crossed the line results first? <laughs> I mean, how they how they're posted, how it played out was Magner was first, mm-hmm. Jaime Castaneda from ACG second, Brendan Fury Blazers third, Summerhill fourth. Sam Morris from Echelon 5th. Luis Cristiano Mejia from Phoenix. Don't know what team that is. Uh, Cade Bickmore, Project Echelon. Willem Harden, Project Echelon. Dylan Geary, First Internet Bank. And Joshua Anderson, Solo, in 10th. Okay. And my picks were Summy, Magner, Rodriguez, Marte, Bickmore. So depending on which result sheet you want to listen to (laughs) (laughs) or believe in. Yeah. What were yours? Pretty. uh, What I I did clever, but they didn't show up. (laughs) Uh, And then I had Danny Summerhill taking the win. Ty Magner in third. Brandon Fury in fourth. And Evan McQuirk in fifth. So since we don't have a official scoring guide and <laughs> how we rate this we're playing a little ncl here um we're net neutral on this as well because clever wasn't there so if you take yeah. him out summy ty fury which is pretty damn close for you mm-hmm. with McC- mckirk and i don't know if he was the one who crashed but i know that he was off the front for a lot of the race so he might have just been fatigued fatigued out of the results well, that's I'm what sure. I was looking at because he finished 13th. Oh, so, so he didn't deck it. Right. He finished just behind Corey Williams, which you can see in this video here. Yeah. I'm just trying to understand who the red and black kid is in this video next to Cade. Um, because it doesn't. Well, that must have been Phoenix, Dylan, right? Dylan Geary or Christina? Or Do you see a number? I'm trying to get there. But first, Internet Bank is not going to be red. That's a blue no, team. That's a blue team. This is yeah. very hard to watch Instagram <laughs> reels. So anyways, um, my picks were ways. Summy Magner, Rodriguez, Marte, Bickmore. So Rodriguez didn't show up. Marte was 50 what off whatevers. And Bickmore was fifth. Ooh, right. So you might have edged out because I think that you would have gotten ten, three. Yeah, I got three. And I only had two. So congrats. <sighs> <laughs> Marte was an interesting choice for sure. I was surprised at that, but it makes yeah. I mean, whatever. He's never getting picked again. He's going to be the guy ah. that's going to ruin future picks. But he's off the list. He's no longer a selection. Fair enough. Well, I also had Sam Morris as an outside factor fifth. for my list. Yeah, yeah. He finished fifth, which is interesting. Uh, I didn't think he was the sprinter. Sprinter. I thought that'd be like you know more on Cade. So yeah. I don't know if there was the chaos that happened. Surely not. Like, this was too far behind. They weren't affected by the crash. You can clearly see that in that reel. You know, um, I think Fury would have been, like, the last guy. I don't know. You rewatching it? I don't, I don't think, like, that many guys, they were, like... The, the, thing that's really th- the thing that's really throwing me off here is that I'm pretty sure this kit that's in the middle... So I'm looking at 
Oh, it is Sam Morris. Yeah, it's the Phoenix guy. It must be the Phoenix guy wearing a butcher box kit. Oh, interesting. I think it's a Phoenix That's guy wearing a butcher box. Number 28 decked in. So whoever that is on the start list. Okay. But so it happened. Oh, I'm just trying to restart this thing. So it happens behind Fury, and number 58 is John Heinen. So it happens behind the sprint. Yeah, like the players. Yeah. Because it was right next to Brandon. And then there's a maroon kit that doesn't show back up. And then there's a butcher box guy on the right that comes just. There's a roadhouse guy just behind it. Yeah, so. So the Phoenix guy is Luis Cristino Mejia is clearly wearing a butcher box kit in the video. I don't know what's going on with that guy. <laughs> Who is that guy? Anyways, let me, I mean, I think there's the crash. So yes, you were very correct that there was a crash, but the story of the night became more about why the result changed. Do you want to, shall we get into that? Yes. Yeah, so if you've seen Snowy Mountain Photography's Instagram, he had a good photo of it. I always sent a photo just after the race, kind of there was some like teardown happening, but basically... If you watch that, like, there's a curb that kind of doesn't fully jut out, but it juts out in the last corner. So it's like, does this sound like soft left? And then there's like a curb that comes out and then a little more than a soft right into the, into the finish. So it really didn't ask anybody that from like the previous year, other than the fact that the fencing what followed that curb last year. And my guess, my feedback from as a racer standpoint would have been like, is there any way we can like move that fence so we don't catch a handlebar? Like we know that it, cause it is a pinch point. And so if we could just not have fencing there so we can just, if you do get pinched, your bars aren't going to get caught or a shoulder. So is there anything we can do to like fix that? seems like this year, the remedy was put the fence where we see it in the video. They, you know, pull it inside and just leave that little, knob of a handicap access curb not blocked in by fencing but they lay cones down to point out said you know curb curbing so so may i play a video for you before you get your breakdown analysis because i would like for both of us to listen to this real quick and then i want to get your take as a racer to understand so what I'm about to play is on the Momentum Indie Instagram. It's a reel, and it's an interview with Ty about the the ruling that occurs here. So I'm going to turn this up. This, this is going to be ghetto. Hi, we're here with Ty Magner of Legion of Los Angeles. Ty, uh, you had originally come out second. There was a protest. Can you explain a little bit about what happened? Yeah, it was actually a, a flaw in the course design, and whoever the officials were to create a, a safe course for us in that last turn. They put cones, they lined cones on a line that, in most people's mind, that means you can't go through these cones to, to take the line. Um, because if, you, if the cones weren't there, you could use it in advance, but if the cones were there. So it's a little bit confusing, but in the, in the sprint, uh, Danny went over the cones. I love Danny. He's a great dude. 
but it's in the end it's it's hard because it's if we would have done it somebody else would have protested so it's uh, it's a little bit iffy it's rules but right it's rules so, yeah. I mean, it's, it comes yeah. down to the rules yeah yep. so okay so you kind of come out first and uh, regulate it to the win in the end um still i mean a good weekend i mean two for two now no, that was a great uh, yeah i think that's it so the take that I got that I thought was interesting out of that is that he highlighted that potentially there was an error in the course, but then also the thing about progress through the cones. But what's your take on that from uh, from Ty Magner? Oh, we could unpack for hours. Uh, Ty did a, a beautiful um, step in the direction of a politician in his answer there. Um, I mean, so, so we have his point of view, which is, you know what it is but we go back to the course right the knob is exposed and they've put cones there to yep. identify something that watch out for right we've seen right. orange paint around manhole covers that they don't fix we've seen orange paint put on curbs to like not hit um and we've been to races where they don't mark any of it you know to note Again, and it's like, I don't have a, a problem with any of these races or don't even think that it's a, an issue at these particular races. But Delaware, right? Last corner of Delaware on the outside. You can take a hot route on the outside via some curbs, you know? Yeah. If you've ever raced that race, but there's an outside line there that you can do some bobbing and weaving and advance your position. I know zero people. And however long that race has been in existence they've ever been dq'd relegated for going air quotes off the course and around said curbing and what have you and then for everybody who's raced air force the era in which you go underneath that parking pull in for that office building on the far end of day two or when i, when I did it, it was day two mm. but there was that hot route curb that if you decided so much to just take a risk and jump over and dive bomb 10 places, right. And get yelled at by 15 people. Cause you're being annoying um, for no good reason other than to be annoying or panic and you're moving up. But again, I know zero people in the history of that event that have ever been spoken to about using that line. Right. So two, two really big races with said feature. And then we go to most recent, we go to Littleton final corner of, that course they did a great job pulling those barriers in giving the best possible line and the whole night we saw people riding off black pavement over the gutter over the sidewalk on the inside of that corner leaving the course no <laughs> from a definition we were there heard. cones were there cones in littleton no but in the same think- same said race we saw rodriguez jump onto a curb off the race course, clearly, and yeah. jump back in and finish wherever he finished, probably on the top five or whatever it was, right? But he didn't get talked to, relegated, disqualified, what have you. But he clearly left the course on live stream for everybody to see and replay and, and point out. And there was no issue there. And so we okay. get to Momentum Indy. And as a racer... I would go to every race and understand that the racing happened inside the barriers. Any, anything inside the barriers, I could go wherever I wanted, however I wanted, whenever I wanted. 
and this knob, marked with said cones, was inside the barriers. Therefore, to me, and a dozen other people I've chatted with since, that it's inside the course. You can race it. The corns are there to warn you that there's a, a lip, a curb, something that will smash if you run straight into it. And so it's up to your best judgment is your ability whether or not you can go through said said thing so the crux of the argument from your perspective is that anything inside the fence is fair game and anything within that fence that is uh used for marking purposes is simply for identifying a hazard but not necessarily to identify the edge of the inbounds course is that right yep and so then we get to the point of Ty saying a flaw in course design, right? And who does, this, who does this fall on, right? A race promoter, as you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you present a race course, and it's kind of approved or denied, and you go do barrier placement, and I would assume, and I hope there's some sort of relative safety check that says, yeah. yep, this, this looks copacetic, this is good, we're happy with this, et cetera, et cetera, and maybe you get some rider feedback and you make some small adjustments. But... There is kind of a checklist that you start with and things fall down the chain and, and get approved and we get to a start line in a bike race. So, yes, promoter mm-hmm. presented a race. It was approved by USAC officials on that day. Or maybe there was like, hey, we need to put cones here. Okay, cool. We've done that. So now it's been approved by our governing body. And so the, the largest thing now falls on to whether or not USAC, and from what the head official on that day, which to my knowledge didn't happen, was for the official to say in his pre-race instructions, hello, everybody, pay attention. All the normal stuff, free laps in with five to go, yada, yada, pits on your left, blah, blah, blah. Also, on the last corner, the barriers have been pulled inside to give you racing room on your shoulders, but, and cones have been laid down to mark a curb. And that is a no racing zone that has been opened up. So you don't catch a handlebar or a shoulder. You cannot, that's not, you can't rate, you can't ride that. You can't race that. And if that was said pre-race, now everybody knows you can't take that line. And if anybody were to take that line, boom, clear as day, black and white, can't argue it. You were told you can't do that. But from your head official on race day, seeing the race course doesn't say that you can't. Why can't you? You know? Mm. Yeah. And so I could but see also, in a cross race, they put up tape, right? Because you can't, it's super hard to barrier a, a full cross race most of the time. And right. we've seen, I've seen, I'm not even like a cross guy, but I've seen it. As tape gets stretched or wind blows, cross racers are like following that tape as close as they can get to get off some de- deteriorated race line. But sure. with the, the, the ideology of that line is that that's a, that's supposed to be a straight, unmovable line from that tape. And if you were to go to the outside of said intentioned line, are you not DQ'd? No, but you're inside that tape that's like flexed in by the wind four feet. Um, but that's, again, a bike racer racing their bike, looking for the best situation for themselves. <laughs> so I think I think you're spot on with the idea that the... Uh, Race race inbounds should be verbally confirmed by the officials if there's some 
if there are cones laying down in the course, because I, I think as a race promoter and having talked to officials that there's a very loose understanding that the cones being used in that way. And these are traffic cones laid on their side. Anything to the, uh, called base side of the cone in this instance to the right of the cone would be considered out and i think that that's actually why we use um we don't agree with that and but that's why we use these orange domes you might have seen them at Mm -hmm. red hook crit right and that's something that david yeah the little turtles and they're metal they're orange they've got um and you will die if you hit one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they yeah they they might mess you up but frankly um i actually crashed at a red hook crit one time because the kid in front of me uh hit a cone with his pedal and the the cone bounced and came into the triangle of my bike and i'm riding a track bike and so i just like you know <laughs> H, it went down yep um i find i find traffic cones very dangerous and for that reason i find that if they are down like that, you have to stay away from them. I think the implication is you stay away from them. Where I'm getting though with what you're saying is that I I agree with you. Also, you know, I've I had some uh, I spent a summer racing in Belgium, and even in my getting ass kicked all over <laughs> Flanders, like we had a race one time. We literally raced through a cafe. Like they had like, (laughs) they had like tables out on the sidewalk and there was a hotline that you could take. And it was like between the restaurant and their tables. And we took that line. I mean, there's so many times you can see helicopter footage of said, said instance, it's like left turn. And then like, as we know it, we have these corner gas stations right in the U S and it's similar setups in Europe. And it's never like the top 20 guys, top 30 guys. It's like they go through like the, they're racing on the road around the corner. Mm-hmm. And it's some dude in 30 that's like, I could do that. And just poof, <laughs> left turn through that parking lot. And all of a sudden, like five wheel guys back, he could do it. I could do it. And then all of a yeah. sudden, like 30, 40 wheels back, all of a sudden there's like a, a fork in the field of guys going hot route, you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, we had hot route racing and that was a, a, we didn't coin it, right? It existed well before, but we started using that quite a lot. In crits being playful, instead of yelling inside, we'd yell hot route. Um, but that's like, it's just what it's called and they exist. And, you know, you well, don't see 40 guys in Europe getting, you know, relegated for just going through that parking lot. Let me get like a finger wagged at them, you know? Well, but, but what we're talking about is forward progress. But Danny so didn't make you, forward progress. Ah, see there. That's why the rule, that's why the call, I think, is actually incorrect. Because Danny did not make forward progress. Had Danny been like eighth wheel, yeah, and he was like, shit, I need to be <laughs> second wheel, and he takes the hot route, I, I tend to to go with the, the, dis, the relegation ruling. But the fact that he didn't make progress i think makes it questionable however how do you judge that and maybe that's where usa cycling came back and said listen like he took a line that could have given him forward progress and therefore we have to do the relegation 
which seems strange, but like I'm just trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't. I'm not. And everything I heard is they only looked at one point of view. It was very one-sided. There Where did they no, even get the no, point of view? There was no due process that was followed that you and I were in a meeting that said that due process was going to be heavily enforced. And if you didn't, then, you know, they wouldn't look at it. Like you, the, the teams and the riders need to take a professional approach to said process, you know, of you want to file a protest? Well, here's, here's what you have to do to do these steps. And we will then look at it and take it serious. We can't handle a thousand Instagram messages and text messages and emails of said Instagram clips or social media posts and know what to take serious or what's just people crying wolf. So here's a process file, you know, and I know this from being a junior and being on the track and I'm sure you've seen it, but the, like there is a formal process. Like you get a piece of paperwork that's like, Hey, you go up and you say, I want to file a protest and they go, boom, here's, here's the paper and the fee. Now we heard it was $300. You yeah. know, back when I was younger, it was like 150, but that's like a line in the sand that says, if you feel like something has been unjust, somebody's truly cheated and you have witnesses, et cetera, et cetera, to back up your case, then that money is relatively irrelevant. Right. And I get there's small programs, you know, that $300 gets them home, right. Or gets food in their yeah. stomach and, you know, it, it is what it is. And that person has to make that decision on what they're doing and where they're spending their money. Right. That's not like for me to say, but the line is in the sand to make, how serious is it for you to go through said process? And they, they it, didn't follow that. Like they just, the officials got rushed with footage and elevated tone and voice on it cheated, he cheated, it cheated, fix it, fix it, fix it. And then a big disarray of, okay, well, Danny's disqualified. And then a whole bunch of like, no, 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 he shouldn't be disqualified. He should just be moved back behind me. And it's just like, well, how far back <laughs> does that go? Like who, who's, who's unjust, you know? And um, it was very, yeah. very just muddy and unorganized. And at the end of the day, unprofessional, right? It's like, That's, we're trying to like yeah. throw up the totem pole of professionalism. It just wasn't met. Right. And, I'm sitting here from somebody that wasn't at the race firsthand account, but the people that I do hear from, I trust to be authentic and no matter where they were on the outcome of it, be professional and and as unbiased as they can be, you know, like Danny got relegated fourth, but it puts him in the ACC win. So how butthurt can he be that he goes into the last race of the season, locking things up, that anxiety has gone, like those team pressure, you know, that's a great feeling to have, right? So to win it on a lockup, like winning, you know, is even sweet. But now the takeaway is like, okay, well, I still won the ACC. So you can't be that mad. You can be frustrated, et cetera. So for none of that stuff, especially like the meeting we were in, it was so heavy handed that like we are, we are riding the ship. We are fixing the problem. And for none of that to be taken seriously, to not happen is like, what are we doing? And now how can anybody now racing or moving forward, take any rules seriously that it's going to be enforced properly and the right checks and balances are going to go through and who's who gets to not follow that process and who does have to follow that process yeah i think that's the crux that's of the biggest the frustration issue. that's really yeah coming out of at this point in this year and this season of all of those things is like that's like the that's the volcano that's erupting not necessarily danny taking the hot route or 
you know, this or that. It's just like the consistency from our organization that's supposed to be leading the charge in professionalism and high-end racing and, you know, elite sport. Uh, where do you start? Like, I don't, you, you're new to this game, right? Somebody that just loves bike racing wants to get in and be a director of a small team. And they read the rule book and they try to play by the game, games. And wait, this nobody's playing by this rule book. What do I, I'm not going to stay around anymore. Like that was a fun year, but I'm just like, I can't, well, how am I supposed to build a program under this guidance? So I think we could unpack this for a bit, but I think that in, <laughs> in, in light of tonight, um, what I'm hearing is also that your preference for the officiating judgment should have been, listen, there's no rule that we can point to that has been broken. Therefore, the rule stands or the, rate, the result stands. Or what needs to happen is go, hey, hey, guys, calm down, take a beat. Here's the form. Go fill this out. Bring it back with said money. And when you do that, if you're the protester, right, that form is like you are supposed to like point out rule 18, section B.2, rule broken, right? And here's mm-hmm. the evidence said rule was broken. That's on you. That's on you as like the, the person protesting to know the rules, to go find them, to point them out. It's not like, right. oh my God, he cheated, and here's my $300. And they go like, well, where? Lap eight, okay, where? Like, it's not USA Cycling Jobs at this point, how it's structured to do that. The protester needs to, like, show up with all of the information and all of the facts to present said rule-breaking, whatever it may, whatever rule is broken, right? And that they need to go find that, USA cycling rule or whatever UCI rule, whatever they're following and write that down and point out section boom. You know, he said, rider cut course advanced off course race line. Right. And then now the officials can go back undisturbed, right. And do their powwow and say, okay, he's saying this rider broke rule X, Y, Z section B boom. And then here's witness statement, witness statement, you know, go pro footage, right? And then they have their powwow. They they look at it, again, ideally in a, a spot where they're not bothered or heckled or whatever else. And they come out and say, look, we've either asked for more information, which they probably should. What's the other side of the story, right? Does any, is there any other facts from the different party that would you know, rebut any of this? Yes or no. Look at that. And then come back with the final conclusion. No, like, DQ, no, fifth, no, fourth, no, second. Like, uh, 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 you know, like everything that I had heard happened. It should be relatively clean. And the problem is, yeah, you're trying to do a podium 15 minutes after the bike race and, you know, all these yeah. other things that go along with, with said event. But so, uh, but I'll say, like, even at the high school mountain biking league, when a kid lodges a protest, it's free. For us, by the way, but yeah. when the kid lodges a protest, there's a thousand people that have to wait. And so on Saturday, we had a kid who protested. He said his times were wrong. And we said, are you sure? He said, yes, I'm sure. And so we all waited an hour while he went and rewrote the section and he ended up fourth on the day. Okay, fine. But like we all waited. And so I think that it's important. My point for that story is simply that 
if you're going to have a process, it's important that you follow the process, even if you've got this timeline. Now, that comes becomes massively complicated when you're in a city street with police officers breathing down your neck telling you to open these damn roads back up or else they're going to start charging you. So I think there's sort of a line, though, where, I, again, I just keep coming back to we have to be very upfront and consistent. And in a situation like Indy, where you have a course anomaly, let's call it an anomaly for lack of a better term at this point in time, you have a situation on a course where there's a questionable opportunity for deviation from what would be considered a quote-unquote race line, but it's still between the fence. It's up to the officials and the race director to clarify to the athletes what the options are for racing. Well, and no ultimately, option. it's either you can, or you can't. It's it's black and white. That's an option, though. That's an option. <laughs> you 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 can you have to stay to the left of the cone. Well, that's the or, rule, right? It's it's not like an option, like a line, b line. It's like that is we did this for what we feel is a safe option. The course is still to the left. End of story. You know, like it's not like mm-hmm. oh, like maybe take that if you feel you know there may maybe consequence. But at, at this point, like, would there be consequence? Did somebody do it for prize money that we didn't see or nobody talked about? Did somebody further back take that line to move from 24th to 19th and get prize money? We don't know. Right? Better know. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I sort of have a feeling that Danny was the only person that did it all day of any relevance, but I can't quantify that. I don't have any proof of that. Yeah. But the but fact that you how, got those cones laying down, that de- that line was definitely a questionable line to take during races. Otherwise, you would have had people all day long smashing into cones. So, But again, that's like you were... If I showed up that course, I'm in Danny's mindset going, that's a line. And I'm only going to use it when necessary. <laughs> because again, mm-hmm. if I show you that lap, like lap five, that opens up everybody else's mind to like, oh, that's possible. And I'm going to do that, and I'm not going to do that because I want to be the only one, ideally, mm-hmm. that I see the advantage. And if I show every, everybody else the advantage, A, I lose mine, but also it's like in our current state of the peloton, you can't trust that 100 guys can go through that exact line as well. Too many naps. <laughs> so I'm not going to expose that to somebody that doesn't have the ability, right? And depending on where you sit on the spectrum of experience and bike handling yada 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 would you determine if that was sketchy or not there's a group of us it's like no chance that's completely fine you know yeah i've ridden through worse (laughs) significantly and not on purpose right or on purpose and there's guys that would see that and be like oh my god there's no way i could like just load up my sprint and put myself feel comfortable putting myself through cones and over a curb you know so just like where where are you at and it's it's usa cycling's job to draw that line in the sand regardless of ability on what's rideable or not rideable we had joked in a last episode maybe a b lines sort of like yep short short track style is that is this an a b line thing where just take those cones out move the fence in and if you can hop that curb you can hop it not necessarily because again it's like we see this the easiest analogy is road furniture in europe whereas like Mm -hmm. you have the peloton barrel along it's like 12 guys we saw like cavendish was smoked by a similar thing 
where they don't mark mm-hmm. road furniture and the Peloton's just barreling down and the first two lines see it and all of a sudden the sea parts and one guy just kind of gets stuck and just smacks it. Similar thing can happen in this. So you want stuff marked, right? Like you want people to, it to be pointed out. Um, yeah. And I think A-line, B-line definitely needs to be like very clear. Like we see in cross country, right? Like those lines are very clear. It's not like a muddled, a muddled thing. So if you were to okay. introduce that into the crit world, um, it would have to be very clear. It couldn't just be like a, you know, do you want to shortcut a curb that if somebody last second wants to follow you, goofs it and smokes himself and 10 of the dudes because his bike flies in the air. Yeah, that's not, nobody wants that. I mean, I, I don't want anybody to crash or get hurt or in any way, shape or form. Um, I have a, one more question for you. And then I think that, uh, we have an evening here to get to, but um, do you think that Danny and ACG maybe should have pushed back a little bit more? Um, from my understanding, they tried, and the official was like, "Nope, I'm not looking at what you guys have. I've made my, my made my decision." Wow, that's unfortunate. And so, again, it's like trying to be as biased. At some point, you know, they Danny and everything that team's been through this year has, you know, said what they've had to say, expressed their opinion, tried to give the facts in a, as professional as they can be, but also at a point go like, we're not getting anywhere, right? Like they're, we don't know how to approach this situation because it's different every time. And so look, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we're going to cut our losses and our energy and like, we're going to, we don't agree with it. We think it's shit. You know, we've, we've got second at the end of the day. Danny still got fourth. We won the ACC. You know, all these other things that surround it just go like, you know, uh, we just can't spend the energy like emotionally, physically on it. Sure. Rather but than just another day. keep beating a dead horse, right? <laughs> in in some mm-hmm. aspects of, of all of this. And there's a point definitely with officials, and it's just like I've had my run-ins with a variety of them of, you know, do you, how much do you push to affect the next race? Cause like, you know, there's only so many head officials that go to the biggest races. So at some point you're going to run back into said official. And if you're thinking long-term is like, you know what? I want the next call to go my way. So you try yeah. to handle it as best you can, as professional as you can and fight for yourself, fight for your program, but also yep. go, you know what? If I do one more, this guy's never going to give me a chance at the next race, right? Or like, I'm making okay. my life more difficult way down the road. Yeah, I mean, I recognize some of those officials from T-Town even, Yeah, right? Like, our world is small. Um, just a matter of where uh, lines in the sand, et cetera, are drawn, so. Yeah, and I learned in my career, uh, like, the older I got, some stakes got a, l- a little bit higher, but I learned the game of being nice to the officials, you know? Saying, mm-hmm. I mean, regardless of if you were a guy that's always racing from the wind and you need a call to go your way or your 40th consistently, go up, say thank you to the officials. It doesn't have to be a conversation. Just make a considered effort to roll by the start-finish line or you see, see a zebra, just say, hey, thank you for your time. Like, I appreciate you. That's all. It doesn't have to do anything. And I guarantee you, you're going to be the 1% and that official is going to remember you. So... If you end up in a pit and you need an extra lap and that guy goes, that guy always says thanks. You're going to get a bit of a winky wink and a nod nod. You know, 
or if it's the one instance that like everything falls your way and you need a call to go your way to get fifth, you know, and it's you explaining your case and you've been a nice guy and you've said please and thank you and all these things. Again, just like in life, they re- they're going to look at you and be like, you're a reasonable, kind person. I'll listen to you. You know, I'll take your story on. And it gets you a little further down the road. It helps your case. That sounds like the other side of the coin, though, of what we were talking about just a few moments ago, though, isn't it? Yeah, but do you, don't, to- you don't bum rush the officials yelling and screaming, saying somebody's done unjust. Hmm. You know? So the the way in which it was potentially handled in Indy was was not correct. It was Wild Westy style, like just over the top, <laughs> West too much Indies. emotion. <laughs> it was, it was uh, I wouldn't say full full Caribbean, but again, I wasn't there, right? So take that for uh, the heavy grain of salt that you're going to take it as. But it wasn't. Nobody was overly professional, you know. At the end of the day, they weren't as professional as you should be as teams are presented on the internet to us, you know, of the, the, the highest of standard that is set at the end of the day, that character wasn't shown in that instance. And I get it. Like you're, you're racing bikes and you come off and you're 160 beats per minute, you know, 180 beats per minute, right? Like all these things. But at the end of the day, if you were one of the few guys getting paid to race your bike, and represent large brands, large companies, you need to pull your head in and get it together. <laughs> you know? Um, part of Isn't there a part of that also with, like in, like, in soccer, where, like, they protest every single thing and because they're just itching to pull, give themselves the best possible result? Yeah, but then, like, you're crying wolf every 60 seconds when somebody touches you, and it makes for... It's like that's arguably, like... I'm not, I'm not even going to get into it, but that's why I don't watch men's <laughs> soccer, right? Um, yeah. And it's it's because it's it's too much. It's not raw, and it's like all these little. You're they're crying wolf the whole time, and it's just like I can't I can't watch this. Like because you don't get to see plays develop, you don't get to see action happen, because some guys laying on the ground looking for to get the ball back. Yeah. Are there methods in which you think there should be a standardization of bringing evidence to the officials? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, again, it's a, it's a large thing, but it's, at some point, like, that race needs to happen, and there needs to be infrastructure in place that there's a group of officials that can watch all of that go down live in isolation and already be having a discussion before riders can even come back to the start-finish line hooting and hollering about who cheated or what. You know, mm-hmm. I think for the most part, there needs to be officials just that are like actually away from the race or away from the like race course that are the ones actually making the call. And the official that's like on the circuit or around the course, you, they just go like, not my job, dude. Like you've got to wait 10 minutes. <laughs> like go, go sit in those chairs outside the room, you know, and they'll come out and you can, you can talk to them. Hmm. Um, and if there's like, if it's, if it's, if it's difficult, right. And this is a timeline and it's, and it's hard for races, right. Cause especially because we're not franchised, right. And everybody's an independent race. So they're trying to produce their independent high level product. And if they can't do a podium in a reasonable amount of time for, especially now with social media, um, 
they start getting, they feel the effects of it. But at some point, you just got to put Danny on the top step, Ty in second, Jaime in third, take your photos. This is the tentative results in photos. If anything changes, we'll let you know. And everybody move about their day, right? And yeah, if it goes down where Danny is relegated, shortly after, it's like reconstruct a photo if you need to, or, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, I get it. Ty loses his moment to be on the top of a podium with two other guys around him and yada, yada, yada. But yeah, the way to clean it up is to have isolated officials that have access to the race course and live, you know, to be able to make calls, not only just for like the finishes, but the whole race. Like, is there some bonehead out there that's just chopping left and right and just being dangerous that they could identify and pull out of the race before something actually happens? Right? Mm. You know, I mean, again, we watch other sports that are live streamed. And when things happen, I mean, if you were actually to go watch an NFL game and then go find said NFL fine list for the weekend, like just say week four of NFL, if you're on Monday, you look at the NFL fine list, you'd be surprised how large, how long it is based on like the games you watch. You'd be like, I didn't see any fines. They didn't throw a flag for it. But you know what? They have officials watching the games looking for people not following the rules. Late hits, unsportsmanlike conduct, all sorts of stuff. You know, and our sport at this level currently doesn't have that to, to help get it back on track of professionalism, to keep... Because at this point, the Peloton's not checking itself. It's not taking itself from the inside. So at this point, it's somebody from the outside to truly come down with the ban hammer and say, look, if you're not going to clean it up, then we're going to do it for you with a heavy hand and it's going to be egregious and it's going to be an overcorrection, but that's the state we're in. (laughs) And if you don't like it, well, present alternative or don't be a dickhead. It's, I mean, relatively simple. It's, you make it sound very simple. Or, it's very straightforward. or you go out and you get a GoPro sponsorship. And when you buy your registration, you get a GoPro with a mount. And you race with it. Oh, like every single athlete has every a GoPro? Athlete, you, you get it with your registration. You know, and you put a deposit down on it. And to get your money back, you return the GoPro. Yeah. And all footage from all angles is caught. Like it's in the depths of it. Right, but again, who's who's going through all that footage? AI, baby. Oh, AI. <laughs> Hello, Siri. <laughs> no, but I mean, like again, this is time, resources, money, right? Implementation, implementation. There's yeah. a fix for everything, right? <laughs> we, it, it, but it, it does come down to time and resources. And so, how much time and resources does USAC and the powers that be want to put towards cleaning? some of some of this up but for sure especially with how things are nowadays is like heavily enforcing that protest process right and having everybody take a beat post event to calm themselves down read the rule book probably for once you know especially people nowadays but i never even read the rule book um and go find the rule that somebody broke write it out on a piece of paper sure state two facts with two witnesses and present that to USAC. And I think, if I remember correctly, 
if you were to win the protest, you got your money back. That's what they talked about at the meeting and yeah, that we were at. And so it's just like what there's no, if you truly believe yourself right in your case, you don't actually lose any money, you know? Right. So that shouldn't be a barrier. It shouldn't be at all. I mean, I wonder how many people were uh, submitting these protests overall, but um, well, as it stands here, Denny Summerhill relegated to fourth. I guess they just were like, how deep's the podium? He's going at the, just off of it. <laughs> well, again, that's where it's random. just like random. Yeah. He could, Silly. he could have been put at the back of the time split, frankly, but whatever. We're not going to get into that. But where's um, the time split? There's lots of time splits in here. Well, there's that group that from the crash that we were talking about earlier tonight. Yeah, but like, right, the official split is one second right like the uci isn't it like a one second one second and then you get start getting time splits yeah so that's where they put them Hmm. you know if you look at you know jaime and brandon fury you know brandon was 14.1 which would pretty much be a second to sam morris and they just put him in that time gap well i see and my sheet that I'm looking at, same time was given all the way down to. Well, I guess if you do Corey Williams, it, yeah. so he would have been placed twelve or eleventh, twelfth, yeah, somewhere in there. I don't know. Either way, uh, womp, womp. winners and losers. My winner is Danny Summerhill because he won the bike race. <laughs> Loser? Who's your, my loser? Danny Summerhill because he lost the bike race. Yes. Wow. Danny Summerhill, the winner and the loser from Momentum Indy. You know, I mean, I think in all honesty, like the big, the loser is the sport. You know? Oh. I think, I think it's enough. At this point, this type of thing, it just affects everybody. You know? Hmm. And just doesn't set uh, a positive precedent on what and how to move forward from something like this. Because, like, say we go to Gateway and something similar happens with a different official and they have a different point of view. Yeah. You know, or it's the teams are reversed. You know, what happens? And, you know, I don't know if the same thing happens, to be honest. And that's bad for the sport. Well, Ty said that if the, they had done it, that they would have, people would have protested them. Do you think that's accurate? Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, like watching that happen, like watching it all, Summerhill would have still won the race. I think Danny made a decision to, to take, in his mind and his skill set, uh, a safer route than, because if you look at it, like Corey's coming backwards. And they are basically almost going to be three wide through that apex. We're going to end up at three wide. And Danny could see that coming. And so his decision was to not go three wide and have any physical contact and just go through that gap. And he ran, he ran tie down, you know, and I still think with the gap that he had at the end, he would have still ended up 
probably running Ty down. Would people want to see him do it that way? Did Danny mention anything to you about he was concerned about the safety of that turn or anything? That wasn't part of like our like immediate dis- you know discussion of it all. Um, Just wondering if his rationale was based on safety. I don't necessarily trust Danny's rationale most days, but <laughs> love you, buddy. I just, it's, I think it's, it's one of those things that's just simply instinct. Like you don't, if I was to bring it up to him, he could have been like, yeah, that makes sense. And it's not like safety is first in line. It's like path of least resistance. Like you're sprinting. The whole goal of winning sprints is path of least resistance. And if in that moment, in that nanosecond, you see an easier path, you take it. And you're not thinking, well, is this the safer route? Is this the faster route? Is this dangerous? You know, you know all these things. It's just like you've been in that situation so many times. You just you just know. You could see it coming. They raced that that same corner for an hour and ten minutes. So surely yep. he got enough. All everybody got to see enough of what happened a hundred different ways. What, hap- what happens in that corner of guys going back, guys going forward, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think Danny started the last lap. I don't think Danny necessarily started the whole race going, I'm going to take that line no matter what on the last lap. It's just a spur of the moment thing. It was the situation showed up in front of him and he's like, boof, I'm going. Okay. You know, I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that calculated. And you don't think at any point in time he was like, I hope nobody sees me do this. Because it didn't even occur to him that that would be out of, quote-unquote, out of bounds. That'd be a 23-year-old Summerhill. I don't think that's 36-year-old Summerhill. Or 35, however old our old boy is now. But much a much younger Summerhill, probably, naively. Ooh, I could get away with it. And at the end of the day, you're probably like, no GoPros back then. Sure, we could have. <laughs> But now when they're just, you know, spattered everywhere and you, you again, it's part of being a professional. You have to know that at, at this point in time at these races, you're on a camera somewhere. Just to, just go into that assumption. Hey, guys, we're going to race like this thing is live streamed like an NFL event. You're never not on camera. Don't be a dickhead. Right? Like that was my pitch to like Roadhouse and the other small teams. And we can see, oh, man. Tulsa Tough, when it was night one, was run left-hand turns. Um, I forget his name, but in corner two, there was like a big crash, um, like in the middle of the men's field. And everybody had basically picked themselves up, was moving. And you see a guy come into frame and just slow down and then just like, set his, like get off his bike and set his butt down. I mean, just <laughs> middle of no. the frame. Middle of the frame. <laughs> And you're just like, you don't have to ever watch a bike race or see anything. You could have tuned in 30 seconds, watch guys whipping through a corner and see that happen and know that, like, that ain't right. And, I mean, just clear as day at the biggest race in the country, just blatantly do that and then just, like, nonchalantly go back to the pit, like, oh, I can get a free lap. What? Like, like, and it just, like, the representation of everything in that moment was just thrown out the window. All credibility on all sides for anything was absolutely gone with that behavior. Well, so you're talking about consequence for action in this moment then. I mean, right? So there are rules, and then if you fall outside the rules, what's the consequence? For that person, there were none, 
There's no consequence. Yeah, as far as I know, right? But it's like that's one of those things where USA Cycling should be like, you're sitting out for a month, dude. For a month? Yeah. That's Go to your room. That type of behavior is so disrespectful to everybody involved. Like mm. just like that is so egregious. You know, it's not like the wishy-washy like a crash crash happened and you're like clearly could go left and avoid everything and you know, have a gap to chase or go right and end up between riders and the fence and have to hit your brakes. Right? That's just like, dude, what's your morality, dude? Like, you know, don't be afraid of a little hard work to close a gap instead of just taking the easy way out, which we know like ends up being a harder, harder race, but going back into the pit with 20 other dudes trying to fight back for a position. Like you're not helping yourself that way either, but like just blatantly sitting on your butt with nothing in the road, virtually nothing in the road to get a free lap. Dude, like that's, that behavior like the moto official have seen that too though like that seems crazy to me i'm i don't doubt your it's just so absurd that people like have that thought that yes i'm gonna just sit my butt down oh man some people <laughs> um all right well where are we going next we're going to st Gate- louis st louis what's up nelly uh you are going to be are you working the stage yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You're I'm working the stage? Live stage, first time ever. Um, You've never done kind? stage before? Never done stage. Wow. Yeah. Well, get ready for to be sunburnt. I've been watching um, <laughs> lots of YouTube. Oh, you've been watching game tape to, <laughs> to learn how to do stage yeah. work? And I've, uh, I ordered a book off of Amazon for um, just like sports quotes and analogies. Oh. Yeah. Universal. Well, I, it's not sports specific. It's just universal analogies wow so nothing what i'm going to say if there's going to make any sense i love it yeah. i like that you've doing research for this this role um how many people are you working with on stage uh it's gonna be me, me and uh mr frankie andreo okay so it's a good experienced hand and then you're gonna be in the race day three the hill giro Montagna. wow wow yeah uh, this is the ACC live streamed. Where do we watch this stream? ACC YouTube channel. Okay. We're going to be live day three. Uh, we'll have more information in our pre-race, pre-weekend podcast. So cool. do you have me for your top five? Do you have me for your picks, Gabe? Do you need to see a oh, power file? Absolutely. <laughs> Not. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> I cannot wait. Yeah. Um, well, uh, man, drama show. But congratulations to uh, well, congratulations to the ladies and Kendall and Legion for taking their clean win in the men's race. It is what it is. Um, you know, the whole podium and Danny and everybody else. It's a bike race. It's it's drama. It's love. Um, we're gonna see most of these guys in Gateway. Yep. No live cool. stream except for my own, so tune in. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to figure a way to, like, I mean, hopefully, I just want to get roasted, so it's just, like, hopefully the YouTube has comments, comments going. Maybe we figure a way to get me, like, mic'd up as well, 
So it's just I can get fed like, hey, they're asking questions or this guy said something. Go find Noah, ask him how he's feeling. You know, just that'd be fun. I I could text you. I could text you questions and it'll show up on your head unit. Ooh, I do have a Wahoo that does that. Right. We'd have to come up with a code. Oh, man, so many things that could happen. We've got five <laughs> days to figure out technology. <laughs> I barely know how to work this podcast machine. Right. <laughs> on that note thank you Gabe thank you Daniel thanks everybody night. for tuning into the silliness like subscribe share 